Hi everyone, I'm Maggie. I'm Alex. And this is Socially Course. The podcast for all things geek nerd, TV, film and marriage. Oh, so I wonder why you put the emphasis on that TV. Yeah, considering we're going to be talking about something completely unrelated. Totally. Totally. No, we're talking about TV. Yay! Um, so this comes from a suggestion from over at Twitter, um, from Movie Nosh. Hey guys, if Hi. you're listening. Uh, so thanks for the suggestion. Um, but they wanted to know, and I think in general it's going to be good to know more about um, books that are being made into TV shows mm-hmm. this year, in 2018. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it couldn't be us if we didn't take a spin on that as well to promote what we love. So we're also going to... So we're going to look at some of these and we're going to look at the suggestion as well from Movie Nosh. But we also want to kind of explore some of the books that we love that we would love to have as TV shows Mm, mm. um, just because we think that they would make a good TV show. TV show. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, So the one that Movie Nosh pointed out was uh, a book called Altered Carbon. Um, So it's set in a somewhat dystopian future. future. It's kind of cyberpunk. Uh, Basically, um, oh, what's that? United Nations. Thank you, Alex. You're welcome, Alex. Um, United (laughs) Nations basically oversee a bunch of planets that they've colonized in the solar system. Um, People's memories and personalities are stored digitally, and then once they die, they are downloaded into a new body, basically. It's called a sleeve. Um, So they can, the person can live indefinitely. Um, The only people that have chosen not to undertake it are Catholics, because obviously it'd be against their religion, basically. They see death as obviously going to heaven and life being like a trial, basically. Um, Which makes them prime targets for murder, because murderers know they're not going to come back to life. Um... (laughs) Yeah, so that's like a story. That's one of the story arcs. But anyway, it, it takes place all that kind of stuff, and it's being picked up by Netflix. Netflix. Um, the original author, by the way, was Richard K. Morgan. Forgot to put that in there. Um, but yeah, that it's, sounds um, interesting. I mean, Netflix have a good right now, a semi good track record yeah. in um, sci fi. Just because I mean, Black Mirror is an interesting TV show. I think we need to watch more of it. Yeah, no, we definitely um, do, yeah. because we saw one episode. But it, it takes that kind of view of like you know, technology in the future. So I think they could do well. And it sounds like a really interesting story. I I never heard of it before today. So yeah, me either, to be honest. Something to look out for on Netflix. Yeah, yes, something um, new to binge. Whoop, whoop. There's always something new to binge. Um, yeah. So, oh, excuse me. Uh, alongside that, we had Fahrenheit 451, mm-hmm. which is coming out. Oh, um, so that was done by Ray Bradbury. It's being picked up by HBO. Mm-hmm. Um so for those of you not in the know, it's set in, once again, a bit of a dystopian future um, where the job of a fireman is to burn things. So burn books. <laughs> burn books, yeah. B- basically, books are illegal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, books are illegal, um, so wherever they find it, they burn it. And the house they find it in. Yeah. Um, so, goddamn. But... <laughs> And then it follows the main character who's a fireman who's burning books and then meets somebody who opens his eyes to books. what books are meant to be mm-hmm. as opposed to TV that they're mm-hmm. all kind of, it's almost like an obligatory thing, just mind-numbing television. It's kind of like... Now. Yeah, it's kind of like <laughs> 1984 by George Orwell. Yeah, With yeah, yeah. the added kind of the firefighter being the main character who yeah. has to follow the law and enact it. Yeah. It's it's actually sprinkles of like to, equilibrium as well. I was just about to say I, that. I think, yeah. It's very close to equilibrium where like the main character discovers this part. And he's very, yeah, he's, he's like very rigid. Yeah. And he's being the law and things yeah. like that. But then he meets someone who opens his eyes to yeah. what these things are supposed to represent. Mm-hmm. And then obviously it, you know, 
they just, they yeah. become a rebel basically. But from what I've heard, they're going to actually bring it into like the modern age because I don't think it was necessarily that futuristic. It was like twenty forty four or something. It was set in. Oh, was it? I'll, because I'll, that might be altered. Comment, I just actually. know that they're changing basically. I knew about this show because of a YouTuber, but anyway, they're changing the reporters. So the reporters who would kind of promote the propaganda will now be social media people. So instead of having, you know, the traditional journalists be the ones to to spread the propaganda, it'll actually be like YouTubers and vloggers. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're kind of, I think, trying to merge that that whole thing yeah um and there's there's 2053 2053 yeah so it was published in like uh, 1956, and he said it 100 years in the future, so yeah, that's about right. Um, sorry about that, anyway, but aside research. Um, yeah, so there's a few, There's there's been quite a few others um, mm-hmm. that have been announced that have been turned into TV shows. I haven't heard of a lot of them, mm-hmm. um, which is a shame, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. I've heard of The Alienist, yeah, just because I follow Luke Evans on Instagram, and uh... he's the main guy in it. Right. Yeah, so just to rattle off a few, there's going to be The Alienist, Rise, The Terror, The Child in Time, Little Woman, uh, or Little Women even, um, and there's going to be like a bunch more. Um, mm-hmm. So, it's. I mean, it's great that books are being picked up and made into TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they, again, they maybe kind of learned a lesson from Game of Thrones. But, mm-hmm. Oh, hey, goddamn, books are really profitable. Yeah. Um, not think- just, you know, I, I don't mean that in a bitter way. You know, it's great. They're, they're finally picking up books and thinking this would make a really good TV show. I think I think TV shows are a much better format for books because books usually give you a much broader picture yeah, yeah, of yeah, the yeah. scenes. And I mean, some books lend themselves to a good film because, yeah, like for example, Ender's Game. I actually found oh, the God. film better. Yeah, it's because the, the book was written ages ago, and so it was a bit too convoluted. So yeah, for that sense, could be, yeah. the films are good, but. The TV shows just allow you to go in depth, and yeah. it probably follows also, you know, why Lord of the Rings got picked up by Amazon because all these shows are in the making. Plus, um, like turning a book into a TV show allows you to kind of flesh out the universe yeah. a bit. Because obviously, there's a lot that goes on in a book, like in the background that we don't read about. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, in a TV show, you have the chance to turn it into an actual thing, like you say, you flesh it out and make it just expand mm-hmm. on the universe in mm-hmm. general you know mm-hmm. it would be it would be pretty cool yeah so so those are the ones and then we wanted to kind of get into well actually the thing that will introduce us to this is the king killer chronicles which is oh. something we love and we know is currently in debate oh, God. in terms of being made so it's um the two the greatest books. people in the world so Patrick Rothfuss wrote these books and Name of the Wind is the first one. Wise Man's Fear is the second one. Third one hasn't come out yet. It's going to be called Doors of Stone. Yeah. We're hoping for the best. Patrick, please write this. Please. But, um, so far, what we know is that Lin-Manuel Miranda is getting involved and he's been geeking out about it and Patrick has been re- geeking out about him. So basically, we're geeking out. Yeah, it was, it was great it. how they kind of met 
because like yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda was like a massive fan of, yeah. of the King Killer Chronicles and yeah. um, Patrick Rothfuss became a big Lin-Manuel Miranda fan yeah. after he went to say like Hamilton and stuff yeah. like that um, so I think they, they kind of just started talking to each other over Twitter and then realised they were just each other's massive fanboys <laughs> so they basically geeked out and uh, they were like oh my god we should totally turn this into a TV show it'll be absolutely great um, obviously Lin-Manuel Miranda famous for Hamilton mm-hmm. which pretty much skyrocketed him mm-hmm. into like fame uh, and then he took on stuff like Moana and mm-hmm. stuff which is just it's my favourite it's anything, just my favourite I feel like anything he gets involved in is going to be good because you can you can tell he has like a genuine passion for the stuff he gets involved in yeah um and he's just, he's really creative and he's mm-hmm. really original and mm-hmm. you know the ideas he had is are great um so him getting involved with Patrick Rothfuss um sounds like it's a perfect the combo. best idea I've, I've mm-hmm. ever heard um because i i like it when people who make tv shows and films out of books get the authors involved mm. um I, you know i always like to hope that if i was like a big shot director and things like that i would have the author there so they could give feedback mm. if they didn't like something they could say actually i didn't write it that way in the book I'd be like okay what do you think we should do which i think i'd like to think that's what they would do together you know yeah. they would take each other's opinion i'm not saying they should stick rigidly to the like script of the book but they would yeah. take each other's ideas into account i think all authors are different and some mm. particularly don't want to get involved yeah no, and want to see a different vision and i think there is a danger of if you get the author on board you'll never get anywhere because they'll be so hung up on certain things that are important to them i understand um but i would agree that it is good that he'll be involved i, I do worry about the amount of stress sorry i'm yawning jesus why about so the amount of stress that Patrick is putting on himself, considering he hasn't finished the series yeah. yet. I think... <coughs> because he takes... I feel like he takes things very seriously. Mm. Like he's going to be very detailed about the mm. show, but I feel like that could take away a lot of his focus. Could be, yeah, maybe. Um, it's a valid point. But it could be... You know, it's going to be awesome. And be- it's it's the perfect like TV show made really well is the perfect format for that book because of the books because it's just it's it's so complex and there's so many stories to tell and you could go into so much detail with tv show you could take each episode by like the episode in his life like it could be so good yeah like if if you're a fan of fantasy books and you haven't read uh name of the wind i would strongly recommend it 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 is my favorite fantasy book that i've read so far in my life and i've read a lot yeah um and it is also mine and i wasn't that much of a fan of yeah exactly yeah but i i read it fell in love and then got you to read it and then you fell in love and like be warned it does take a couple of chapters to get into it yeah absolutely Um, so it did take me yeah, but it like once I read it once, now I want to go back through it again and again and again. Oh yeah, I could have hap- I've read it happily four or five times. I think yeah. I've listened to it on an audiobook mm. like three or four times by mm. now. Same with uh, Wise Man's Fear. Um but it's it's basically the reason it would make a really good TV show is that it's basically this man who has been made into a legend mm-hmm. um sort of all around the world. It's set like, you know, medieval swords, mm. magic, all that kind of stuff. Um and he, we don't know why, he's mm-hmm. wanting to get away and kind of hide himself away. He's, mm. You know, he owns an inn, but he's mm. actually this hero of legend. This isn't mm. a spoiler, by the way, this, you know this. Um, and then he's found by somebody who wants to chronicle his journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sits down and talks to him. So it's basically him telling, telling the story. story of where the legend originally came mm. from. And 
it's an interesting angle to take mm-hmm. because you see where the legends are born. Yeah. Like there's there's one story of him rescuing two princesses from a group of trolls. Mm. Um, but then you actually find out it was like two just local village girls that were kidnapped by like a group of bandits and uh, you know, he rescued them. Um and it's it's just so interesting. It's like it the is. origin of myth and legend. Like yeah, it's, it's really good. But it, every time you read it, you notice something new, mm-hmm. uh, and all the theories that are flying around on the internet, things like that. It's like every time I notice mm. a seemingly innocent detail, I'm like, what mm. does that mean? That's got to mean something. Why is he doing that? What is? Why is he wearing a green cloak today? What is? Going on? <laughs> like you just lose your mind every time yeah. you notice something new. You're like, oh, it's that thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I would strongly recommend you read it. Um, so I'd, yeah, we'd love to see that. So. Yeah, that would have massive potential for a TV yeah. show. And in the same vein, um, these next two, which is, um, well, uh, three well actually, yeah, together. and and Demon's Heroes. So Mistborn, which is by Brandon Sanderson, and Stormlight Archive, which is also by Brandon Sanderson, which isn't finished yet. Which isn't finished yet, and it's going to be epic. It's going to be awesome. Oh my God. Um, and in the same vein, kind of the Demon Cycle. So they're all the kind of books where it's very heavy on the storytelling mm. and yet they have a lot of substance to them and yeah, they have absolutely. a lot of lore to them. Obviously Brandon Sanderson a little more so than Peter V. Brett with the Demon Cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the things that you could do with Brandon Sanderson's books in general. My like God. all of the his stuff, the Cosmeres. Yeah. Like he, the Cosmere and how it relates to itself. Yeah. Oh. Again, if you guys haven't read anything by Brandon Sanderson, do it, do it now. Read The it's Mistborn like, and then read the Stormlight. alloy of law which like mm. is the thing that follows on from the Mistborn, and then read stormlight and then read literally everything he's say, ever done like as being as like a not huge fantasy fan the thing i love about brandon sanderson is that he explains the magic and what's happening in the world mm. in a sort of scientific matter like the magic yeah, the way it works yeah. is actually very like natural i don't know there's it's, a reason it's a weird, for it yeah. it's not just like he can summon a fireball. No. It's all about the kind of magics and, and the, the parts of the earth that they can manipulate in order yeah. to do certain things. Like all of the series he's writes has a different form of magic and mm-hmm. he is so Good. creative. Like yeah. he writes what was it like four or five books different different books from different series at the same time because he can't just focus on one thing for too long because he always gets like a new idea and things like that like there's one way they use like the magic of colors and another mm-hmm. way they use the magic of souls and uh mistborn it's mistborn's probably the best example of how yeah. he explains it because it's, it's all like, about it's like the laws of physics basically yeah so it's about that people can swallow different types of metals like yeah. shavings and, and filings and things like that they swallow them they burn them in their stomach mm-hmm. um, and it gives them different powers. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I think if they drink, if they use iron, they mm-hmm. can pull. If they use steel, they can push. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you use iron, you can use that to pull mm-hmm. a metal. Mm-hmm. But it works in a very physical way. So mm-hmm. if the object you're pulling is, weighs than more than you, yeah. you, you go towards pulled. it. Yeah. But if it's lighter than you, you pull it towards you. Same and goes with steel and there's like every other kind of metal, also- like brass and copper and... And also, most people in the universe can only consume like two metals, so the the opposing forces, like yeah. say pull, push, or they can um, they can like manipulate people's emotions. You can yeah. soothe people, or you can or, riot people, or your physical appearance. So you can either oh, is that ferrochemy? That's ferrochemy, but they do still use it to become stronger because uh, yes. that's what thugs are. Yes, they thugs. Can, they yeah. hit harder, and their skin's tough, yeah. and things like that. Um, so it's just a really 
just such a detailed way to explain magic and i think that makes it even for somebody who doesn't particularly love just magic in general as a fantasy thing it makes it very kind of explainable like it's yeah because it's not like they drink this potion and suddenly they're super strong like it's explained in a very intriguing way yeah obviously there's no way to explain it fully but no. explaining it fully would kind of take the magic out of mm-hmm. it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so he finds like a really nice balance, and mm. um, oh, it's it's so good. everything about it. The, but visually as yeah. well, when you're reading the books, there's yeah. a lot of the times where you're going, "This would look stunning. Mm-hmm. Mistborn would look great because mm-hmm. it's set in a world where there's no color mm-hmm. necessarily, mm-hmm. Um, because the world is basically blanketed in ash mm-hmm. and it's." covered in mist at night mm-hmm. um so nothing really grows properly and things like that and there's no everything's just like gray and brown mm-hmm. and really drab colors um but then at the end of it i'm not spoiler but no um it they, would just be interesting yeah. to see same goes for stormlight with yeah. literally with the stormlight and yeah. the swords and the armor and stuff and the they use and, stuff. and the demon cycle uh, by peter v brett yeah that's another one i could yeah. recommend quite happily mm-hmm. um yeah uh, again it's very magic-y and swords and demons yeah. and things like that. They don't really explain the magic as much. Um, it's a little bit more towards the full-on fantasy yeah, side than, yeah. for example, the King Killer Chronicle or Mistborn yeah. or Stormad Archive. So it's very much about kind of just magic and people harnessing yeah. magic. Yeah, just this um, ethereal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it still would make a fantastic TV show, I think, Absolutely. because it would allow us to go much deeper into the story. Like you say, it would allow us to explore a lot that you notice in the books as small small bits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That you could expand on. Um, so, but Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere, mm. everything about it could be turned into because all of the books he writes, well, most of the every, books he writes, no, every book, yeah. every book. Yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure. Every, yeah, so every book he writes is part of the Cosmere, which is basically the universe yeah. um, that it's set in. So it's like, and they're all interlinked. There's yeah. like one character that hops between yeah. every story. He's called Hoyd. Hoyd. I was going to say Hob. That's a different uh. Hoyd. Yeah, he appears in little bits in every book. And you're like, and oh my God, it's Hoyd! But there are actual hints in all of the books yeah. that mean he's a real person yeah. literally jumping between all yeah. these worlds so it ties them all together quite yeah. nicely and it's really uh, good. Oh, it's so good and there are references to the same god mm-hmm. and that god died and fractured into mm-hmm. small the, the god was killed sorry it was fractured into smaller gods mm-hmm. so there was like uh, almost states of minds like mm-hmm. harmony cultivation um and things like that and, and it was oh, it's, it's really it would good. be stunning yeah um but to go slightly away from that and into more kind of realistic mm-hmm. um, grounds, um, we have something called the Gentleman Bastard series. Yeah. Uh, which it starts with the, the lies of Locke Lamora. Mm-hmm. And who wrote that? Now I'm going to kill myself. Oh, um. Oh. Come on. Come on, Maggie. You can do it. Uh, I'm going to kick myself. Lies of Locke Lamora. Come on. Is it Scott someone? Scott Lynch. Hey, yes. good call. Uh, yeah, anyway, <laughs> Lies of Locke Lamora is part of the Gentleman Bastards trilogy. Um, Something af- I didn't actually enjoy that much, but... No, you weren't too keen on it, no. but I really enjoyed it. So after that comes Red Seas Under Red Skies, and then after that it's Republic of Thieves. Um, I don't think it's a trilogy, because, yeah, then there's the Thorn of Emberlane, so I think it's a four-parter. I'm not sure if he's writing a fifth. Um, but it's great. Um there's a little bit of magic to it, mm. but that kind of takes a sidetrack to a lot of the other things that are involved. Mm. It's um, basically the story of 
an orphan, Lock mm-hmm. Lamora, who mm-hmm. gets involved with the Thieves Guild and they train kids to be pickpockets mm-hmm. and thieves and all that kind of stuff. And the the better ones among them are kind of picked out to be mm-hmm. thieves and grander schemes and things mm-hmm. like that. So he gets picked to be part of a crew and then the crew grows and he falls in with um, his best friend, who now I can't remember the name of, and that's just going to annoy the crap out of me. Um, and then it's, it's about how um, they travel around the world and basically con they're just they're, they're amazing con artists mm-hmm. um and every single trick it doesn't take away from the overall tension of it mm-hmm. because in the back of your mind they're like they'll have a way out of this like they're really mm-hmm. clever. like in the long run they'd look like they're trapped right now but they'll have a way out of it but at the same time you're like ah oh, no they're totally gonna die mm-hmm. this is it mm-hmm. they're totally gonna die um <laughs> um and yeah, I would like to see that because the world it's set in and things like that looks really intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I would like to see that as a TV show. Mm-hmm. It's again, as a TV show as opposed mm-hmm. to a film because all the cons they run and all the backstory they have couldn't really be crammed into no. like a trilogy, for yeah. example. Yeah. If you did, it would cut out a lot of the... Mm-hmm. And the same can be said for a lot of the other books on this list. Mm-hmm. They would make better TV shows than films like Maggie was saying yeah. because there'll be too much to cram into mm-hmm. a trilogy and you'd miss really important parts mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, next one is something that I'm really passionate about, which is um, taking... So, Isaac Asimov, if people don't know, is a fantastic sci-fi art, sci-fi writer. Um, he's absolutely brilliant. And he formed the Three Laws of Robotics, which was really... <laughs> Amazing, like the and foundation it foundation for so many sci-fi oh, films. Like and, everything about robots is basically based on the three laws yeah. of robotics. I mean, the word robot actually comes from a Czech, well, yeah, exactly. Czech uh, writer. Just FYI. Um, but so Isaac Asimov's um, uh, Isaac Asimov's books have kind of been congealed together into um, iRobot, which was a film with Will Smith, which I didn't completely hate. No, I'll be honest, I, I, I quite it. It wasn't a bad film. I think it had a good story, really. But what I didn't like was um, the fact that they kind of crammed five different smaller stories into, like, one film. And it kind of lost that purpose of each story. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I would love to see all of Asimov's short stories be made into a TV show. So, kind of like Black Mirror, where it's each show is a slightly different. You do have some heroes who make reappearances and stuff, but it just it would be so interesting because what he does in his short stories is actually take his three laws of robotics, which are basically flawless, yeah, and breaks them yeah. and then finds <laughs> yeah. a way to get back. So he kind of has the robots go off track and break the laws, and then he still comes back to it. And I would love the show to be called The Three Laws of Robotics. Yeah, like, that, would that would be, be so good. I mean, I'm sorry, did you want to want me to rattle off The Three Laws of Robotics? Feel free, I was, I was getting them up for my own, but I know you can take them off the top of your head, so for people who aren't aware... I can't... I don't think I can do them verbatim, but the first one is a robot may not injure a human being or allow a human being to come to harm. Through inaction. Um, through inaction, So if they see yes. a human drowning, yes. they have to rescue yes. the human. Yes. Through inaction. It's very actually important that through inaction... Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. Then the second law is a, ro- a, hu- a robot must obey a human's orders w- unless this conflicts with the first law. Yep. Um, and the third law is a robot must protect itself except in cases where it conflicts with the second and first laws. So basically, if, if a human has beaten a robot to death, the robot He'll- can't really do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless another robot sees it and in doing so, the human would injure himself. 
See, then, that's an interesting then idea. Be, then the robot will allow a human being to come to harm through an action which would shut down the robot. No, but that's what, if if you were a human beating a robot yeah. to death, for example, yeah. and like their their power core would explode if the the human yeah. kept going. If another robot came along and saw that happening, would they stop the human? No, no, no. Because obviously, through an action, that would allow the human to come to harm. Yeah, no, yeah, they would drag away the human. That's what I mean. But yeah. by that point, the human would have destroyed a robot, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but what, what I mean, I'm not bothered about destroying the robot. I just mean like they're doing something. That would hurt themselves, so the robot would have to yeah, intervene. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, yeah. So those are the three laws of robotics, basically flawless. Like they, yeah. Asimov was a genius. He oh. he was the foundation for so many, for basically a, the the majority of modern sci-fi. He yeah. was he was the foundation for it. Yeah. Um, and there was there are other people. There's like Fred Cyberhog and things like that. Mm-hmm. Too, the Berserker uh, series, um, which is really good actually. Mm. I I should get you to read mm. that. Um, uh, you know, these are the people who kind of lay the foundation yeah. for modern sci-fi. Yeah. Um, and he did so much to actually keep expanding the sci-fi world. Yeah, so absolutely. I feel like he needs a bigger nod from the modern culture because he did a lot to actually support new writers. So he would put yeah. his name against their stories so that they yeah, would get if, published. Yeah, and, if he and liked the story, up. he'd be like, yeah, no, stick my name yeah. next to it. <laughs> and he did that for like hundreds of writers. Yeah. So he's almost responsible for like a basis of sci-fi. Yeah, um, yeah. And he was a genius. And just the way that he can break down um, his laws and then pick them back up again yeah, and find exactly. a way to solve the problem using the laws as a foundation is yeah, just genius it's great to think it's all going on within yeah. his head he made these three laws that are basically flawless and then yeah. went right time to break them uh-huh. and then he just it, like every book he writes he finds a way around it. he finds yeah. a loophole yeah and then fixes it as yeah. well so it's like it's, just, it's, it's amazing it's amazing it's and i mean obviously susan calvin as a character could be just its own series there's also i mean isaac asimov's books susan calvin was on that was in i robot the film yeah, wasn't yeah, she? she she was, was yeah. she wasn't I just remember the name Calvin. Yeah, so she was, she was, and she, she was the character that she is. But that he has about another eight or nine stories oh, that yeah. feature no, her. No, like you say, I Robot's like an amalgam of like three yeah. or four different different yeah. Asimov books. And it would just be nice to see those stories be fully developed because the fact that he could read minds is a whole other story that Susan yeah. Calvin is involved in as well. The fact that um, he had to be lured out of a pack of robots through. Like Susan Calvin being clever is again a whole the story, and it's like it's little bits like that. Yeah, like I say, it could be like so a Black good. Mirror thing. Yeah. Every episode is a new story, and, and that way it would never so get good. old. You could have yeah. the same actors just doing different. Now, obviously, yeah. sometimes you'd have recurring characters, yeah. but you know. Oh, the two testers! I forgot what their name is, but they're like <laughs> the two characters who always get to test the brand new robots, and they just hate their lives because they're like, <laughs> "Just keep finding us because we're the only ones who can fix everything." Um, it's just hilarious. I forgot what their names are. So basically, but, like, I take technicians at, like, a secondary school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they but, can do it really well, but they just hate doing it. Well, they look... Yeah, so they... The reason that they keep getting sent there is because they're the ones who have all that knowledge yeah, yeah. about robots, and they've solved the problem so many times that every time a problem comes up, they're like, oh, hell, let's solve it then. Yeah. And they just do it, and it's really good. Um, but in the same vein, actually... Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So it's been made into a film, so that exists, and it was quite a good film. It was, well, it right? was okay. It, it, I mean, it glossed over a lot of stuff, and it kind of combined a lot of the books together. And, um, you know, yeah. the problem with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is that 
it's such a bizarre series of books. I love that though. It's and so great. Now that I know there's a book, The Salmon of Doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. That kind of shows you a lot of his short stories, Douglas Adams's. Yeah. And it makes you understand his personality and it makes me realize what he was trying to say with it. But I think the entire Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series as a TV show would serve it much better than a film. I think it would be really, really good for that. Absolutely. Because, like, so, there's how many books in the Hitchhiker's Guide? Is like 10 or 11 six. or something? Six. I thought it was more than that. Mm-mm. I don't think so. I just remember when I was growing up, I had them in a mm. set. Sure was a six. But they were quite thin, so yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so there's a few books there, but you could obviously get, like, a season out of each book. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just yeah. for longevity's sake. But obviously, each episode oh. will be, it'll be really good. It has been already a TV show. Oh, don't get me wrong, yeah, it will have been. 1981? Yeah. It needs revamping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because the same actually goes for the next one on the list, which is The Dresden Files. Um, So... Six, yes. You got it right. Yeah, I got it right. Um, So The Dresden Files were uh, written by... uh, are still being written by Jim Butcher. Um, And um, it's, it's... fantasy meets mystery mm-hmm. so basically this guy um harry dresden um is a, a pi so obviously mm-hmm. he gets paid to investigate certain goings on and things like that like a regular pi would but he's also a wizard <laughs> like a magician totally makes sense it's it's great and like the whole like things exist in this world that people don't know about there's like mm. vampires werewolves other wizards dark magic blah 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 his best friend um He's a vampire, isn't he? No, no. Um, oh, no. No, no. His, his best friend, I think his name is Michael, um, is kind of sent by God to stay. <laughs> uh, and he's got a massive broadsword that has a piece of the true cross in the hilt. Um, obviously, the true cross is the yeah, cross yeah, that yeah. Jesus was. Um, so, yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's basically an angel, essentially. And he, right. he kind of helps him out whenever he's got a... Whenever Dresden's working on a mystery that eventually inevitably leads back to the vampire cult and things like that, uh, Michael's always there to kind of give him a helping hand because it's it's his mission from God, basically. So to, he's Michael the Archangel? Kind of. It's a bit on the nose, isn't it? No. <laughs> well, that's the whole point. He, that he was given that name, obviously, because it's quite a holy name. Um, but it's... it's that's just be great really good because, because it's funny as well. Yeah. he's he's a wizard and he's magic and he's so powerful, but at the same time he's like a PI, an old school PI. Yeah, so he's just like drinking all the time and he's so miserable and sarcastic. And he has, I think it's I think it's a skull, but it's possessed by. I'm trying to remember about it, um, but basically he's the keeper of all the magic that that Dresden knows. So every time he goes down. Um, he talks to the skull to what kind of spells and potions and things like that. Um, but the skull is just like super horny all the time. <laughs> really? It's so funny because I think if Dresden allows it, he can kind of release his spirit into the world and into a physical form. Without permission, he's trapped in the skull, just how Dresden controls him. I think it's like an heirloom that's been passed down through wizards because the, he's like this amazing keeper of knowledge. It's like, oh, what do I need to make this potion? And he just rattles off the ingredients. No pun intended. Skeleton, rattle. <laughs> um, <so laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, Megan got the shivers with that one. That was great. Um, 
so it, it, it's funny as hell and it's serious and it's visually it would be stunning i think you what you from what you've told me about it it would make a really good tv show and i think it would be interesting and i think it would fit into what we are used to having in this day and age as a tv show i mean it has been a tv show in the past and it was a train wreck it was, was it? horrifyingly bad uh, but it was like years ago um so i think a new one or a revamp of that mm-hmm. would be amazing mm-hmm. like that would be super good mm-hmm. um and the last one on the list for me um which i'm not too sure about i'd mm-hmm. quite like to see it um is a, a book by my favorite author of all time david gemmel mm-hmm. um so it i don't know if you guys have read david gemmel you've probably heard of dross the legend um so his origin story basically would be an amazing mm. tv show mm-hmm. um because it's all about how he tries to find his wife and he's got this axe that's um got a, a demon soul entrapped mm-hmm. in it and it's slowly making him more violent more aggressive mm-hmm. um and his grandfather used the axe for years and years and years and he was worldly re- infamous for being an awful awful human being um but that would make a great i think it would make a decent tv show i don't know it would come mm-hmm. down to the writing and the casting mm. and because the the books that david gemmel wrote were kind of a, like a lower kind of reading level mm-hmm. um so they're not on par with like sanderson or rothford mm. um so they would have to be fleshed out quite a lot but mm-hmm. i think there's like a good opportunity there to kind of you know go through it all yeah and i mean there are book awards named after him Gemmel oh yeah awards. the, the so gamma awards fantasy yeah. books yeah um, so he was worst. wasn't he the one who when he died his wife finished his final book yeah she um, knew him so well she could just replicate it was, the it writing was flawless style. like if i think it was the uh, the trojan um i think i named stella um but yeah basically he uh, he finished the second book of a trilogy and then he died um but his wife wrote the third one and you couldn't tell the difference it was absolutely That's flawless amazing. it was beautiful man that's pretty impressive to have um, a wife that can do that. Yeah, so she yeah it was it was the uh, the Trojan one. Um, yeah, so she wrote Troy Fall of King. So he wrote a bit of it and planned out quite a lot, and then she finished writing it off. Um, oh, so good. That's pretty impressive. She, oh yeah, it was it was really quite heartwarming to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so you've got the Gemmel Awards, um, which is one of the categories is like new fantasy writers and things like that patrick rothfuss has won yeah Yeah. and brandon sanderson and brandon sanderson yeah Yeah. um so david gamble is he's the one who got me into reading Mm. like my brother said oh read this book and i did and it was awesome and Mm. then i read as many david gamble books as i could and eventually you know now i'm here we have yeah exactly yeah um so yeah i mean there's when when we talk about books being made into tv shows there's always potential. Mm-hmm. You're always going to upset somebody, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I would love to see these made into TV shows, but it would have to be done the right way by the right people. And you have all these hopes, but at the end of the day, we have no control. And um, a, a TV show's never going to be as good as a book. Oh, no, absolutely not. But you'd like to hope they put in some effort. But yeah. like I say, with regards to casting and scripting and, and staying true to the book... It's, at the end of the day, it's not our decision. No. You know what I mean? These things are out of our hands and we can gripe and complain. But at the end of the day, we can only see what they're like. Mm-hmm. You know? They're, like I say, there's quite a few coming out in 2018 that look mm-hmm. like they're going to be good. We'll definitely give um, Oz of Carbon a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll want to watch Fahrenheit 451 because it's got your favorite YouTuber in it. She's not my favorite. She's not their favorite. Don't give me that. Um, so, <laughs> um, 
Oh, uh, we forgot to mention, obviously, Ready Player One. By I don't Ernest know about Klein, that Which has been made into a film. Um, I, think, I think it suits a film. Oh, I think it suits a film, don't get me wrong, but I, I just wanted to say I'm quite looking forward to it. Book being made into a film. And in the trailer, one of the first characters you see is the Iron Giant. Literally every single bloody time you mention this film coming up, the only reason that you're excited is because of the Iron Giant. There's the only, literally the only nothing care about. <laughs> As soon as that happens in the actual film, we can leave. <laughs> Fine, thank you. Because it just looks like a cluster of just awful stuff. Pop culture, which it basically is. The book is just a tribute to pop yeah, culture. Yeah, and I think that... that With like just... a bit of a story in the background. Yeah. I mean, I it's like, how many characters could they cram in? Yeah. Um, and how many references? And then be like, oh, no, wait, we need a plot. Yeah, I think we've talked about this on a previous podcast, yeah. but I preferred the way that Wreck-It Ralph brought in some pop culture references. Oh, it was just great. enough. It was perfect. And it was I think clever as well. Basically, making a film just to be a pop culture reference is just boring. Wreck-It Ralph 2. Yes! Oh, I don't know where they're going to go with it. I think my theory for... Just to go slightly off topic for a second. We'll Completely probably, off topic. We'll probably do a different podcast about this where we talk about like The Incredibles 2 and things like that. Mm. Um, but I think for Wreck-It Ralph 2, it's going to be about gaming nowadays mm. and how arcades like that need Are to adapt to it. And how... Yeah, they're a bit retro. No one really uses them. Oh, there was a phase where no one, the scene now is retro and yeah. people would be like, oh my God, it's an old school arcade. Let's go there. But there was like a 10 year gap where people were like, whatever, I've got mm-hmm. an Xbox. So I think oh, it'll, wow. it'll follow those routes. That was very loud in my ear. Um, so I think it'll follow that. But anyway, we'll do a different podcast. Yeah. Actually, that's a good point. Let's do that for this Saturday's podcast. So yeah. this Saturday, we'll talk about Incredibles 2 and stuff because there's been new releases about Incredibles has, yeah, 2. We, so we now we know the plot of Incredibles 2 and some yeah. of the new characters and things like that. I think Incredibles 2's got a bit political, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but so. anyway, yeah. Um, so we did run over a little bit. Um, Sorry about that, guys. We seem to be doing that a lot. Being the nerds and geeks we are, we get very passionate about mm. books mm-hmm. and very protective. And if anyone does turn these books into a TV show and they do it wrong, I swear to God, there will be consequences. Just bring us on, bring us on as consultants. Yeah, it's like just saying. Fine. We won't even charge you. We'll happily no. just sit there through the whole filming yeah. and just be like, I don't think that would have happened. Just free of charge consultancy. There's, for there's like nerd Steve, adaptations. Steven Spielberg, one of the most world-renowned directors there ever was, sitting in his chair directing it, and there's just me and you behind him, just like. I don't think like just whispering to each other. It's like what? What now? What is it? Well, Stephen, I know you're the director. I can, um, I can see it. Yeah, that'd be great. I would love that. Would be like my dream job role. Yeah, book to te- book to telling, movie consultant. Book telling to directors how wrong they are about their adaptations. Just book to screen consultant. I love yeah. it. Like, I think I find that character had red hair. Sorry. <laughs> I know that you want to cast Jennifer Lawrence in everything, but... <laughs> Literally everything. But, yeah. Anyway. So, Alex, do you have a rough for us? Oh, you know, I like a rough. Oh, yeah. So, our random useless fact of the day. So, bring this up in conversation. Um, the It's slightly terrifying, but at the same time, it's actually quite fascinating. Um, so, the Earth experiences 50,000 earthquakes per year. Which, in my mind, I'm like, that's not that many. But then that's, like, more than 10 a day. So, um, actually, that's more than 100 a day. Well, I'm not talking about. Mm. No, it's not. 10. 10. 10. 10. Yes. Because 3, 6, 5, 10, 10, 10, 10. No, it's 100. I was right the first time. Grand. Um, so, <laughs> that's more than 100 a day. That's nuts. But I guess... 
tiny little quakes in That's the middle crazy. of nowhere. Um, the second one's probably worse. Um, and the Earth is hit by lightning a hundred times a second. Now that is insane. Like, where do they have a storm right now? And that's being backed up by like National Ge- Geographic and things like that. I didn't just pull that out of my ass. A hundred times a second. Like, where do they have a storm right, right now? I tried to find that out, but it just didn't tell me. <laughs> tell us your secrets. It's like electrical storms and things like that that just happen all the time. And there's that's like so multiple flashes of lightning. There's like multiple bolts of lightning that happen split seconds after each other that hit the same spot. So it's like a lot of stuff like that. That's like crazy. That's insane. Maggie. So, do you have some good news for me? Yes, I have some good news. This is this is bordering on good news slash adorable news. But They're so cute. So cute. But basically, um, there are a lot of um, sea turtle eggs stolen from the nests yep. for black market because apparently sea turtle eggs are known as an aphrodisiac and a delicacy. So people steal them for the black market and they've developed um 3d printed little sea turtle eggs that have a gps tracker in them that they put in the nests that are the most poached and in the hopes that the thieves will pick them up with the normal eggs and then they'll be able to track the most frequent locations for them so it's actually not real-time tracking yeah but apparently they'll track if multiple chips go to the same place, that yeah. means that's the main dealer. So they're kind of cracking down on the main dealers. So there'll be less sea turtle eggs being stolen to be eaten. So Jeez. more sea turtle babies. Sea turtles. Which I think should be called turtlets, but they're not. But they're whatever. not, they're hatchlings. <laughs> whatever. Hatch- Come on now. Baby turtle. A little baby turtle just in the palm of your hand and be like, look at the little turtlet. Come on. You can't tell me that's not adorable. But, yeah, so if you watched Planet Earth 2, you know how much you want these babies oh, to survive. That was heartbreaking and also oh, just so tense. It was more oh. tense than any action film I've ever seen in my entire life. Why would you remind me about that? That and the lizard that was running away from the sp- snakes. <laughs> the greatest. God damn, that was great. I, mean, I can't forget, like, the Australian voiceover they used <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, so, anyway. um... That's it for the main parts of yep. the podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Hit us up. Let us and know what you want to hear. And Instagram. We have Instagram now. Ooh. Alex is going, living his best Instagram life. Hashtag best. Hashtag Instagram. Stop hashtag it. life. Hashtag Alex. Hashtag boy. Hashtag British. You know, all the things. Um, and find us on iTunes. For all these and leave a review for us because if you leave a review then it will bump us up more people will see us it'll be fantastic and also subscribe if you can so you you get these literally as soon as we publish them which is exactly what you want right obviously who wouldn't want that (laughs) right Um, and also alex do you want to tell them what they can send us oh sure yeah Uh, if you want to support the channel uh you got a bit of spare cash and you've also got paypal um you can send us a coffee um so there's a a ko-fi i'm gonna find the right way to say that one day i think i'm i'm going with ko-fi ko-fi anyway uh so it's (laughs) ko-fi there's a button on the website you can basically send us a coffee it's like three dollars and you know um it just helps support the channel a little bit and things like that it'd be super great it Uh, means we can do our fantastic research for this podcast in a starbucks yeah no that'd be great yeah support the research people or or a costa whatever um so so yeah if you want to support us social media itunes coffee um so yeah i think that that probably wraps it up for Mm -hmm. today again sorry for the 45 minute 
podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to our voices for uh, 45 minutes. We know you did. It's fine. Yeah. Um, if you guys can think of any books that are being made into TV shows or that you would like to see be made mm-hmm. into TV shows, let us know. Let us know. Hit us um, up. If also, uh, along the same lines, if you guys have any ideas of what you'd like us to talk about, mm-hmm. um, hit us up again. Send us a message on Facebook. Tweet at us. Whatever you want to do. Um, and just let us know and mm-hmm. you know we're happy to we're happy to talk to you about it and put your opinions in and things like that um also we're thinking about opening the good news segment up to the public mm-hmm. so if you've got any good news mm-hmm. in your, that's happening in your life right now mm-hmm. let us know we'll stick mm-hmm. it in yeah. um yeah this if, is if, how you can propose people yeah, i was just thinking that yeah, exactly that's obviously we're that popular yeah uh, if you've just bought a house had a kid if, you know, something you adopted like that. an animal, saved a life. Exactly. Let us know. Um, yeah, just just give us a shout, and yeah, that'd be super great. And yeah, more communication is better mm-hmm. because sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Um, so that's what wraps up for today. So thank you all very much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Um, I've been Alex. I've been Maggie. And this was socially cause. Bye. Bye.